Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Dynamic. Berto Willis, your host. Yay, we have our peeps in the house today. Early, early. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. As, well, not a, I can't say as usual anymore, but let me go ahead and get a few more things cracking here. I don't know how many of you saw President Biden's speech, but I just listened to it and I had it on about an eight minute delay because I was finishing the video for today, and I actually liked it. What do you think about it? Did you like it? Did you listen to it? I actually thought he did a great job. Whoever wrote the speech with him did a great job in articulating that which needed to be articulated, and I think he did a darn good job of it. I'd like to hear the reviews and what people have to say about it. I'm getting a few things here queued up. Uh, do you guys want me to play that video? I'm actually going to try and um, as we speak here, I hope I, I don't destroy my my thing here as I try to process it in real time, because I think the speech is important enough that we need to get that out as soon as possible. Anyway, let me salute my peeps. Welcome aboard. May Wood is in the house. Welcome aboard. Robert Davenport. Welcome aboard. E2247. Lee Grant says, hey, y'all. Bridge MCP is here with us. Uh, Alistair Waters in the house. We also have Paul Fleming. I'm um, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Uh, El Senor... I know I saw I, I saw Bruce Pollard scroll down. Bruce Pollard is in the house. Welcome, Bruce. I also saw Yvette Avery Herod in the house. How are you doing, Yvette? Great seeing you here as well. Beautiful. And scrolling down, I continue to scroll down to see who I miss. Tom C is in the house. Tom C in the house at last. I know you were probably in that cold weather on the lake in your boat. Just doing some ice fish. Well, I think the lake is too big for ice fishing, right? You don't freeze over that lake too often, I don't think. But I could be wrong. I'm not a northerner. But anyhow, uh, birthday, Sunday, me get snow. Bridge MCP's birthday is Sunday. Happy birthday to Bridge MCP. Happy birthday prematurely to Bruce. No, no, to Bridge MCP. Happy birthday to our beautiful Breach MCP. Happy birthday to you. All right, Breach, that's your first birthday. If you come on to um, ask Egberto anything tomorrow, maybe if I have the guitar close by, I'll include it with the guitar, okay? Uh, or, or, or maybe if Bruce comes on uh, uh, on Ask Egberto anything, he can play the guitar because, you know, we all love you out here. All right. Let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Uh, Bree says, break in. NRA chief Wayne LaPierre resigns amid corruption trial. The guy's a big crook. Uh, they stole the money of all those people who've been given money to that group for the longest, longest time. He bought expensive uh, stuff. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So what can I say? It was simply ridiculous what they did. It looks like I'm going to be able to get that. Anyway, so uh, as it turns out, so yeah, Maywood is in the house now with us. Paul Fleming says, Biden hasn't been this tough since he destroyed Paul Ryan. I know. It didn't sound like Biden. I think that's why I liked it so much. 
And I want to play it for you guys so much that that I am actually uh, process, processing it on another screen as we speak. All right, Bruce is going to come to ask Egberto tomorrow, and he's going to play you that beautiful song. You know? Let me. Get, I'm doing something here, folks. I'm, I'm preparing the video as we speak. I'm trying to do 10 things at the same time. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, folks, I appreciate that. It, let's, yes. He said who we are. Right. And it's true today, bro. All right. Right. All right, I got it. I got the clip. I got the clip, folks. So uh, it's not a clip. Actually, I'm going to play, play the thing. But what I'm doing here is I'm preparing it so that we can actually get, get to see it. So I have it in audition running right now. All right. It looks like I'm going to be able to do it because a lot of folks probably haven't seen it. And I want to go ahead and play it. Okay, what else have we got here? Before we get to the Biden stuff, though, I want to play you guys a video that I just did. Okay? And this is why I was a bit late today. The PDR Posse is here in force today. And I love it. I love when we're here in force. Anyway, this is a video that I just did. You don't belong on this screen. What are you doing here? You belong over there. Thank you. Don't, don't destroy my screens. All right. I want to play what I did for you. And then we'll go ahead and get this going uh, right now, check it out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Well, folks, a new jobs report is out, and it's better as usual than we expected. The uh, wages are growing at a faster clip than inflation. Inflation is falling. Uh, more jobs are available. I mean, it is amazing that we have many on the right contradicting what has always been the case, and that is under democratic rule, uh, economy does better. Now, there's a chart that at the end of this piece that I'm going to show you, you're going to see, and it's a chart that says the following. Take a look at these presidents from Bush 41, Clinton, Bush 43, Obama, Trump, and Biden. You had three Republicans and uh, two Democrats, or rather three Democrats, three Republicans. Is that right? Bush one, Bush two. I want you to take a look at that chart. What that chart shows you is that under Bush one, under Bush two, under uh, Trump, what you had was a disastrous, a disastrous employment picture under Clinton, under Trump, or rather under Clinton, under Biden, and under Obama, look at the job growth. So compare the job growths for Republicans and the job growths for Democrats. Now, people are going to say, well, why did you leave out Reagan? Well, it was the last, uh, last six administrations, but I'm going to take care of that at the end and show you that even including that, the economy simply does better under Republicans. So without further ado, let's go ahead and check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. The first jobs report of the year and we're learning in December, the U.S. added 216,000 jobs. That's far above what economists expected. NBC's Christine Romans is here to break it down for us. Christine, great to see you. What does this tell us about the state of the American economy? You know, it ended the year resilient. Last year was supposed to be the year of the recession. Remember, that was a big forecast. That never happened. And even into the end of the year, you still had strength. That jobless rate, 3.7%, this is still an band of 50-year lows for the unemployment rate. December adding a stronger than expected 216,000 jobs. That brings the net gain for the year, Anna, at 2.7 million jobs added. When we put it in context, as you know, I like to say the trend is what's important here, right? You can see it is a slowing job growth, but still a robust 
robust performance and picking up speed into the end of the year. So I would call this still a resilient uh, labor market, despite all those concerns in 2023, it ended out uh, quite firm. Okay. Now 2024, here we are. It's election year. Can you put this into to broader context for us? If it comes down to Trump versus Biden, how do the two match up on job growth during their presidencies? So look, this is already something that is fodder for the campaign trail, right? And I think it's incredibly important to use context here. There was a once in a hundred year crisis, healthcare crisis, a pandemic that really blew out these numbers. But when you look longer term here, you can see so far in the Biden administration, about 14.6 million jobs have been added. That is in large part, the economy shut down under Trump. He had a negative job posting. The economy shut down and millions of jobs were lost. So this is a recovery. This was the crash. This is putting it in perspective with Barack Obama. His first term, by the way, the first couple of years was really slow economic growth, but managed to put in 10 million jobs there. You can see uh, Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan, by the way, had very strong job performance on their watches. I would caution presidents get too much credit and too much blame for what happens in the economy uh, on their watch, quite frankly. You know, the pandemic, for example, really skewed a lot of these numbers. But you'll be hearing a lot of slicing and dicing, I think, as we head into the uh, election year. Okay, and I like that last slide that you just are giving us a glimpse of wage growth up 4.1 percent beyond where we're seeing inflation right now. Christine, thank you so much. All right. So people are saying, oh, my God, look at that difference. Millions of jobs created under the last three Democrats. Jobs lost under under uh, under Trump. Small gain under the Bushes. What gives? Well, then the only savior that could come for you is, well, you left out Reagan. So let's go ahead and do that. I wrote a book earlier on a few years ago called as i see it class warfare the only resort to right-wing doom and in that book what i went ahead and did is i printed at for the time at which the book was written i printed out what was the job performance of these different presidents and as you may have guessed you know it is it is not rocket science that even in when if we include Reagan, Reagan had everybody touts the great Reagan economy. Well, look at the charts. Reagan got 16 million votes in his eight years, but Clinton got 23 million in his eight years, according to uh, the information I have here in my book. George W. Bush one got 2.5 million, or rather uh, two got 2.5 million. George W. Bush one got three million. Gerald Ford, 1.8 million. Nixon, 9.4 million. But Lyndon Johnson, 11.9 million. So you go over and over and over again. And we've, we've spoken about this on several issues. If you want a good economy, continue to elect presidents who understand economics because the policies that they support are actually good for the economy. So play around with Trump. In this case, you lost 2.5 million people. So, oh, well, there was a pandemic. Well, it wasn't the pandemic that was solely responsible for all these losses. I mean, he just never had a vibrant economy, even though he goes out and he tells people the economy was great under Trump. No, it was not. Let's get let, the thing about it is for too long, many progressives, many Democrats, many independents, many good Republicans allowed lies to, from, to, to, to metastasize into people's minds as if it made any, it had any reality. Well, there is the reality on the screen for you right now, as far as job creations for presidents for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 presidents. And if we include the charts that include now both Trump and, and Biden, we see that Biden has really blown Trump's record out of the way. So again, you want bad economics? Go vote for Trump. If you want to continue living a lousy life, vote for Trump or vote for Republicans who are trying to cripple any progressive movement that we have right now. Folks, this is not a joke. You guys have to really start looking at things the way they really are and not the way some charlatan, some liar tell you that 
it is. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us, please join. I mean, it is simple, right? I have I've written blogs before that I've, that I've uh, spoken about uh, the economy does better under uh, Democrats and Republicans. And, and studies have been done by reputable universities that say, we don't know why, but we actually really know why. We just don't know why, but when uh, we have a Democratic president, the economy does better. The truth of the matter is we do know why. And the, the, the reason why is simple. Progressive policies or somewhat progressive policies will always give you more economic activity. It's not rocket science, you know, uh, Amora, economy does better under Democrats. Let me go ahead and see if I can find one of my articles that I that I that I uh, wrote here because it is so important that we are not continuously snowed by some of the uh, my right wing brothers and sisters who are going ballistic now because oh my God, the truth is coming out. Uh, how could this be the case? How could this be the case? Well, unfortunately, it's just the, again, raw facts, raw facts. The economy does better under these particular, uh, these particular policies. I'm looking for an article that I wrote uh, a few, well, it seems like I found one and it, it, it looked like I did it on Daily Coast. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let me put it on the screen for you. Here is the deal. I wrote this a while back. When did I write this one? This one I wrote in 2018. Stephanie Rule exposed the true lie that Republicans have been telling for decades. It isn't like it's hard truth to prove. Why do Democrats always seem to lack message discipline is what I said. And the standard is uh, simple. Job performance by president and party. I have it on the screen right there. Economic performance based on GDP exceeded again by Democrats and all these different charts tell you the same. And I give you the articles that you want to read uh, to find out. In fact, I think I wrote another article at my site. I think this one is at my site where it says economy much better under Democrats than Republicans. And I give the complete explanation as to why that is the case. Okay. I explain why it is the case that the Republicans are so lousy at the economy, and that is their policies only serve a few. And if you're only serving a few, it also means that the circulation of money is less. All right, let me read some of what you guys are saying as I continue to process that video, which is almost done. It's being processed. Attorney General Merrick Garland, the Justice Department will hold January 6th perpetrators at any level unaccountable under the law. Exactly right. And just as they should. Uh, Paul Fleming says members of Congress from both parties raked it in from the stock market. Numerous representatives. Yeah. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to pass these laws. We got to hit her on that. Mike Cisak says Paul Fleming. Does that include violating people's civil rights? Of course not. We don't violate people's uh, civil rights. That's what we leave Republicans to do, like controlling a woman's body, etc. cetera. Uh, let's see. Harry Dunn is running. I, I, I saw that I sent him a text. I'm trying to get him on the show. We'll see if I can get him. Uh, Eric Hayes says you should mention that in December jobs report, we had an increase in 762 part-time jobs. So what? And a loss of 1.5 full-time jobs. Oh, by the way, yeah, that is what happens in December. Why again? Oh, that's because of Christmas rush is over. Oh, my God. Panic, panic. CSAC, you can't help the truth. 
The truth is Republicans are lousy at the economy. It always fails under Republicans. Okay, period. Alistair Waters said those numbers are a result of immigrants not allowed into the jobs Americans can't or won't do. It's amazing, right? They, 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 all the things that they want are it's amazing that they don't. They simply don't understand, right? Uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. Mike Cisak says one to ten out of last eleven jobs were revised lower. Doesn't matter. We're still up by a bunch. So even if it's 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 been down, you guys simply can't create jobs. Your policies fail, Mister Cisak. Get it? Sleep on it. It's a failure. Your policies are failures. The charts tell you everything. If we start from Reagan, if we even start from Johnson, if we start from Kennedy, you guys are horrendous at creating jobs. You're good at lying about it to fool people, but you're horrendous at either telling the truth or creating jobs. My brother Lee Grant says, the economy has improved lately, but Biden is involved in two costly wars, a porous borders. The porous borders, I gave you a reason for that. The wars, we need to do something about that. All right, let me. It looks like the Biden stuff is done. I want to play Biden's speech for you guys. I just processed it while we're doing things. And the good thing about it is now I know that I can process stuff as I'm talking to you, which makes me happy. This computer seems to be to have enough power to do that. So let's go ahead and do that right this minute and get it started. And I'll keep with you guys in the chat, but I want people to hear the Biden speech. Today, uh, the topic of my speech today is deadly serious, and uh, I think it needs to be made at the outset of this campaign. In the winter of 1777, was harsh and cold as the Continental Army marched to Valley Forge. General George Washington knew he faced the most daunting of tasks to fight and win a war against the most powerful empire existent in the world at the time. His mission was clear, liberty, not conquest, freedom, not domination, national independence, not individual glory. America made a vow, never again would we bow down to a king. Months ahead would be incredibly difficult. But General Washington knew something in his bones, something about the spirit of the troops he was leading, something, something about the soul of the nation he was struggling to be born. In his general order, he predicted, and I quote, with one heart and one mind, with fortitude and with patience, they would overcome every difficulty, the troops he was leading. And they did. They did. This army that lacked blankets and food, clothes and shoes, this army whose march left bloody bare footprints in the snow, this ragtag army made up of ordinary people, their mission, George Washington declared, was nothing less than a sacred cause. That was the phrase he used, a sacred cause. Freedom, liberty, democracy, American democracy. I just visited the grounds of Valley Forge. I've been there a number of times from the time I was a Boy Scout years ago. You know, it's the very site that I think every American should visit because it tells the story of the pain and the suffering and the true patriotism it took to make America. Today, we gather in a new year some 246 years later, just one day before January 6th, a day forever shared in our memory because it was on that day that we nearly lost America, lost it all. Today, we're here to answer the most important of questions. Is democracy still America's sacred cause? I mean it. This is not rhetorical, academic, or hypothetical. Whether democracy is still America's sacred cause is the most urgent question of our time. And it's what the 2024 election is all about. The choice is clear. 
Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy, put himself in power. Our campaign is different. For me and Kamala, our campaign is about America. It's about you. It's about every age and background that occupy this country. It's about the future we're going to continue to build together. And our campaign is about preserving and strengthening our American democracy. Three years ago tomorrow, we saw with our own eyes the violent mob storm the United States Capitol. It was almost in disbelief as you first turned on the television. For the first time in our history, insurrections had come to stop the peaceful transfer, transfer of power in America. First time, smashing windows, shattering doors, attacking the police. Outside, gallows were erected as the MAGA crowd chanted, hang Mike Pence. Inside, they hunted for Speaker Pelosi. The House was chanting, as they marched through and smashed windows, where's Nancy? Over 140 police officers were injured. Jill and I attended the funeral of police officers who died as a result of the events of that day. Because, Donald, because of Donald Trump's lies, they died because these lies brought a mob to Washington. He promised it would be wild, and it was. He told the crowd to fight like hell, and all hell was unleashed. He promised he would write them, write them. Everything they did, he would be side by side with them. Then, as usual, he left the dirty work to others. He retreated to the White House. As America was attacked from within, Donald Trump watched on TV in a private small dining room off, my oval, oval, off the Oval Office. The entire nation watched in horror. The whole world watched in disbelief. And Trump did nothing. Members of his staff, members of his family, Republican leaders who were under attack at that very moment, pled with him, act, call off the mob. Imagine had he gone out and said, stop. And still, Trump did nothing. It was among the worst derelictions of duty by a president in American history. An attempt to overturn a free and fair election by force and violence. A record 81 million people voted for my candidacy and to end his presidency. Trump lost the popular vote by 7 million. Trump's claims about the 2020 election never could stand up in court. Trump lost 60 court cases. 60. Trump lost the Republican-controlled states. Trump lost before a Trump-appointed judge, and then judges. And Trump lost before the United States Supreme Court. All of it, he lost. <clears throat> Trump lost recount after recount after recount and state after state. But in desperation and weakness, Trump and his MAGA followers went after election officials who, in, who ensured your power as a citizen would be heard. These public service had their lives forever upended by attacks and death threats for simply doing their jobs. In Atlanta, Georgia, a brave black mother and her daughter, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, were doing their jobs electing workers until Donald Trump and his MAGA followers targeted and threatened them, forcing them from their homes, unleashing racist vitriol on them. Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who was just hit with a $148 million judgment for cruelty and defamation that he inflicted against them. Other state and local elected officials across the country faced similar personal attacks. In addition, Fox News agreed to pay a record eight $787 million for the lies they told about voter fraud. Let's be clear about the 2020 election. Trump exhausted every legal avenue available to him to overturn the election. Every one. But the legal path 
just took Trump back to the truth that I had won the election and he was a loser. Well, so knowing how his mind works now, he had one, he had one act left, one desperate act available to him, the violence of January the 6th. And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. And what's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these, these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Trump said that there was a lot of love on January the 6th. The rest of the nation, including law enforcement, saw a lot of hate and violence. One Capitol Police officer called it a medieval battle. That same officer called vile rape, was called vile racist names. He said he was more afraid in the capital of the United States of America, in the chambers, than when he was fighting as a soldier in the war in Iraq. He said he was more afraid inside the halls of Congress than fighting in the war in Iraq. And trying to rewrite the facts of January 6th, Trump is trying to steal history the same way he tried to steal the election. But he, we knew the truth because we saw it with our own eyes. So it wasn't like something, a story being told. It was on television repeatedly. We saw it with our own eyes. Trump's mob wasn't a peaceful protest. It was a violent assault. They were insurrectionists, not patriots. They weren't there to uphold the Constitution. They were there to destroy the Constitution. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy, none. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. And yet Trump and his MAGA supporters not only embrace political violence, but they laugh about it. At his rally, he jokes about an intruder whipped up by the big Trump lie, taking a hammer to Paul Pelosi's skull and echoing the very same words used on January 6th. Where's Nancy? And he thinks that's funny. He laughed about it. What a sick. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. <laughs> My God. I think it's despicable, seriously. Not just for a president, for any person to say that. But to say it to the whole world listening. When I was overseas, anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trump's assault on democracy isn't just part of his past. It's what he's promising for the future. He's being straightforward. He's not hiding the ball. His first rally for the 2024 campaign opened with a choir of January 6th insurrectionists singing from prison on a cell phone. While images of the January 6th riot played on a big screen behind him at his rally. Can you believe that? This is like something out of a fairy tale. Bad fairy tale. 
Trump began his 2024 campaign by glorifying the failed violent insurrectionist insurrection at our, on our capital. The guy who claims law and order sows lawlessness and disorder. Trump's not concerned about your future, I promise you. Trump is now promising a full-scale campaign of revenge and retribution, his words, for some years to come. They were his words, not mine. He went on to say he'd be a dictator on day one. I mean, if I were writing a book of fiction, I said an American president said that. And not in jest. He called in, I quote, the termination, quote, this is a quote, the termination of all the rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the U.S. Constitution, should be terminated if fits his will. It's really kind of hard to believe. Even found in the Constitution, he could terminate? He's threatened the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff with the death penalty. Says he should be put to death because the chairman put his oath to the Constitution ahead of his personal loyalty to Trump. This is coming from a president who called when he visited cemeteries, called dead soldiers suckers and losers. Remember that? Sometimes I'm really happy the Irish should be, can't be seen. <laughs> it was right around the time I was at O's grave, Tommy. How dare he? Who in God's name do you think he is? With former aides, Trump plans to invoke the Insurrections Act, the Insurrection Act which will allow him to deploy, which is not allowed to do in ordinary circumstances, allow him to deploy U.S. military forces on the streets of America. He said it. He calls those who oppose him vermin. He talks about the blood of America as being poisoned, echoing the same exact language used in Nazi Germany. He proudly posts on social media the words that best describe his 2024 campaign, quote, revenge, quote, power, and quote, dictatorship. There's no confusion about who Trump is, what he intends to do. I placed my hand on our family Bible, and I swore an oath on the very same steps of the Capitol just 14 days after the attack on January the 6th. As I looked out over the capital city, whose streets were lined with National Guard to prevent another attack, I saw an American that had been pushed to the brink, America that had been pushed to the brink. But I felt enormous pride, not in winning, I felt enormous pride in America because American democracy had been tested American democracy had held together. When Trump had seen weakness in our democracy and continued to talk about it, I saw strength, your strength. It's not hyperbole, your strength, your integrity, American strength and integrity. Ordinary citizens, state election officials, the American judicial system had put the Constitution first and sometimes at their peril at their peril because of them because of you the will of the people prevailed not the anger of the mob or the appetites of one man when the attack on January 6th happened there was no doubt about the truth at the time even Republican members of Congress and Fox News commentators publicly and privately condemned the attack as one Republican senator said, Trump's behavior was embarrassing and humiliating for the country. But now that same senator and those same people 
have changed their tune. As time has gone on, gone on, politics, fear, money, all have intervened. And now these MAGA voices who know the truth about Trump on January 6th have abandoned the truth and abandoned the democracy. They made their choice. Now the rest of us, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we have to make our choice. I know mine, and I believe I know America's. We'll defend the truth, not give in to the big lie. We'll embrace the Constitution and the Declaration, not abandon it. We'll honor the sacred cause of democracy, not walk away from it. Today, I make this sacred pledge to you. The defense, protection, and preservation of American democracy will remain as it has been the central cause of my presidency. America, as we begin this election year, we must be clear, democracy is on the ballot. Your freedom is on the ballot. <laughs> yes, we'll be voting on many issues. On the freedom to vote and have your vote counted. On the freedom of choice. The freedom to have a fair shot. The freedom from fear. <laughs> and we'll debate and disagree. Without democracy, no progress is possible. Think about it. The alternative to democracy is dictatorship. The rule of one, not the rule of we, the people. That's what the soldiers of Valley Forge understood. And so was me. We have to understand it as well. We've been blessed so long with a strong, stable democracy. It's easy to forget why so many before us risked their lives and strengthened democracy. What our lives would be without it. Democracy means having the freedom to speak your mind, to be who you are, to be who you want to be. Democracy is about being able to bring about peaceful change. Democracy. Democracy is how we've opened the doors of opportunity wider and wider with each successive generation, not with, notwithstanding our mistakes. But if democracy falls, we'll lose that freedom. We'll lose the power of we, the people, to shape our destiny. If you doubt me, look around the world. Travel with me as I meet with other heads of state throughout the world. Look at the authoritarian leaders and dictators Trump says he admires. He out loud says he admires. Won't go through them all. It'll take too long. Look, remember how he refers, where he refers to what he calls love letter exchanges between he and the dictator of North Korea? Those women and men out there in the audience ever fought for the American military. Did you ever believe you'd hear a president say something like that? His admiration for Putin. I could go on. And look at what these autocrats are doing to limit freedom in their countries. They're limiting freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom to assemble, women's rights, LGBTQ rights. People are going to jail. So much more. It's true. The push and pull of American history is not a fairy tale. Every stride forward in America is met with ferocious backlash many times from those who fear progress and those who exploit that fear for their own personal gain. From those who traffic in lies told for power and profit. For those who are driven by grievance and grift, consumed by conspiracy and victimhood. From those who seek to bury history and ban books. Everything can be in a political event. Talked about book banning for presidential and the presidential election. The choice and contest between those forces, those competing forces, between solidarity and division is perennial. But this time it's so different. You can't have a contest. You can't have a contest if you see politics as an all-out war instead of a peaceful way to resolve our differences. 
all-out war is what Trump wants. That's why he doesn't understand the most fundamental truth about this country. Unlike other nations on earth, America is not built on ethnicity, religion, geography. We're the only nation in the history of the world built on an idea. Not hyperbole, built on an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal. It's an idea declared in the Declaration, created in a way that we viewed everybody as equal and should be treated equal throughout their lives. We've never fully lived up to that. We have a long way to go. But we've never walked away from the idea. We've never walked away from it. And I promise you, I will not let Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans force us to walk away now. We're living in an era where a determined minority is doing everything in its power to try to destroy our democracy for their own agenda. The American people know it. And they're standing bravely in the breach. Remember after 2020, January 6th insurrection to undo the election in which more Americans had voted than any other in American history? America saw the threat posed to the country. They voted them out in 2022, historic midterm election. In state after state, election after election, the election deniers were defeated. Now in 2024, Trump is running as the denier in chief, the election denier in chief. Once again, he's saying he won't honor the results of the election if he loses. Trump says he doesn't understand. Well, he still doesn't understand the basic truth. That is, you can't love your country only when you win. You can't love your country only when you win. So I'll keep my commitment to be president for all of America, whether you voted for me or not. I've done it for the last three years and I'll continue to do it. Together, we can keep proving that America is still a country that believes in decency, dignity, honesty, honor, truth. We still believe that no one, not even the president, is above the law. We still believe. The vast majority of us still believe that everyone deserves a fair shot at making it. We're still a nation that gives hate no safe harbor. I tell you from my experience working with leaders around the world, and I mean this sincerely, not a joke, that America is still viewed as the beacon of democracy for the world. I can't tell you how many, how many world leaders, and I know all of them, virtually all of them, grab my arm in private and say, you can't win. Tell me. No, my country will be at risk. Think of how many countries, Tommy, you know, that are on the, burn, on the edge. Imagine. We still believe in we the people. That includes all of us, not some of us. Let me close with this. In the cold winter of 1777, George Washington and his American troops of Valley Forge waged the battle on behalf of a revolutionary idea that everyday people like where I come from and the vast majority of you, not a king or a dictator, that everyday people can govern themselves without a king or a dictator. In fact, in the rotunda of the Capitol, there's a giant painting of General George Washington, not President Washington. And he is resigning his commission as commander in chief of the Continental Army. A European king at the, at the time said after he won the revolution, now's the time for him to declare his kingship. But instead, the mob that attacked the Capitol, waving Trump flags and Confederate flags, stormed right past that portrait. An image of George Washington gave them no pause, but it should have. The artist who painted that portrait memorialize that moment because he said it was, quote, one of the highest moral lessons ever given to the world, end of quote.
George Washington was the height of his power, having just defeated the most powerful empire on earth. Could have held on to power as long as he wanted. He could have made himself not a future president, but a future monarch, in effect. And by the way, when he got elected president, he could have stayed for two, three, four, five terms till he died. But that wasn't the America he and the American troops of Valley Forge had fought for. In America, genuine leaders, democratic leaders with a small d, don't hold on to power relentlessly. Our leaders return power to the people and they do it willingly because that's the deal. You do your duty, you serve your country. NARS is a country worthy of service as many Republican presidents and Democratic presidents have shown over the years. We're not perfect, but at our best, we face on, we face head on the good, the bad, the truth of who we are. We look in the mirror and ultimately never pretend we're something we're not. That's what great nations do. And we're a great nation. We're the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We really are. That's the America I see in our future. We get up, we carry on. We never bow, we never bend. We speak of possibilities, not carnage. We're not weighed down by grievances. We don't foster fear. We don't walk around as victims. We take charge of our destiny. We get our job done with the, people, with the help of the people we find in America, who find their place in the changing world and dream and build a future that not only they, but all people deserve a shot at. We don't believe, none of you believe America's failing. We know America's winning. That's American patriotism. It's not winning because of Joe Biden. It's winning. This is the first national election since January 6th. Insurrection placed a dagger at the throat of American democracy since that moment. We all know who Donald Trump is. The question we have to answer is, who are we? That's what's at stake. Who are we? In the year ahead, as you talk to your family and friends, cast your ballots, the power is in your hands. After all we've been through in our history, from independence to civil war, to two world wars, to a pandemic, to insurrection, I refuse to believe that in 2024, we Americans will choose to walk away from what's made us the greatest nation in the history of the world. Freedom. Liberty. Democracy is still a sacred cause. And there's no country in the world better positioned to lead the world than America. That's why. I've said it many times. That's why I've never been more optimistic about our future. And I've been doing this a hell of a long time. Just to remember who we are. With patience and fortitude, with one heart. We are the United States of America, for God's sake. I mean it. There is nothing. I believe in every fiber. There is nothing beyond our capacity if we act together and decently with one another. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean it. We're the only nation in the world that's come out of every crisis stronger than we went into that crisis. <clears throat> that was true yesterday. It is true today. And I guarantee you, will be true tomorrow. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Man, Biden came out on fire. And the good thing he went straight at the heart of Trump, using his own words, his own deeds, to make sure that nobody can say, well, that's not what Trump said. Yes, he said it. It's on tape. Here it is. 
that you have a choice to make today. Uh, Robert Davenport, thank you so kindly for that super chat. And let me read what you says. Republic clowns like to whip up the base on culture war issues because a factual exam of their governance proves their incompetence. The truth is their kryptonite. They fear the truth and peddle lies. That's why if you notice today, I put the, the, the job numbers. You know, this is numbers available to everybody. Republican presidents create a lot less jobs than Democratic presidents do. That's a statement of fact. Try to work with it, but they go, oh, it's not real. It's not real. They can't believe it. Likewise, the GDP of red states is a lot less, Mr. CSAC, than the GDP of blue states. Eat that. That's a statement of fact. Likewise, red states are welfare states. In other words, they take more from blue states than they give to the government. In other words, blue states pay a lot of taxes, including to the federal government, and the red states sit back and take it because they are red states who are welfare states. They don't, they, and again, you also talk about blue state people move into red states. Yes, as a smart investment. If you make all your money in the blue states and you jump to a red state, you live like a king. And then you also help the red states because not only do you help their economy by being there, but you also turn the state blue, which is what's going to happen to Texas. Texas will be blue in either the next cycle or the one thereafter. So we love it. Californians, come and move to Texas. We will we'll integrate you into the political system till we take it over. Texas is not a blue state. It's a neglected state. And we will change that. So Mike Cisex, all the points you're making are, you know, what can I say? Red states are welfare states. Red states have smaller GDP because, again, they don't foment growth. It's, it's, it's simple. It is simple. And now he's going to say, uh, well, you know, growth rate in red states are faster. If you're going from one to two, as opposed to, 100 to 200? Oh, yeah. Your growth rate is a lot. When you have small numbers, your growth rates can look good. Let's be real. Let's be real. No, again, it doesn't matter. Okay, you're mixing apples with oranges. He says now California is the highest welfare state out there. Yeah, because it has more people than anybody else. A lot of red states can fit into California. My God, my God, my God, your arithmetic deficiency, my dear good brother, deceives you. And it does little to make any argument that you make plausible. We're here, and I'm thankful, Mr. CSEC, that you're here. Because as we talk, you're learning. As we talk, you're getting educated. Bridge MCP, sometimes you just have to feel bad for these fools. But I think, damn, they breed. No, but you know what? I know some of the kids of some of these people. And the good thing about it is that their kids are progressive. Their kids are not only progressive, but their kids, in fact, some of them behind their backs talk to me. Okay? So their kids are progressives and they believe in the future. So the, the, the conservatives are on their last, last, what I call the deathbeds now. Anyhow, I got to get out of here. My, uh, folks, please remember to support the program. How can you support the program? You can support the program by going to politicsdoneright.com slash, or rather, politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support is how you can find one of different ways to support the program. Alternatively, you can also go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Please, the newsletter is free, but if you become a paid subscriber of our newsletter, you qualify for all our books that you can read online. But it's deeper than that because remember, remember, you see that book that I mentioned where I gave all those statistics that I wrote a few years ago? As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. Hey! Why not join up? Read the book. Anyway, folks, we are going to have a great 
uh, great as Ask Egberto Anything. And let me go ahead and put that link in right now. If you go ahead and sign up now, you'll get a link uh, to, to, to come into our Zoom tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central Time. It's politicsandright.com slash ask Egberto, politicsandright.com slash ask Egberto, and uh, you'll be able to uh, come on in. Repeating again, folks, repeating again, folks, please remember, please remember to support the program by going to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Please become a paid subscriber of our newsletter. I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.